0: Welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. Valuable insights on all aspects related to investing in the complex and highly fragmented municipal bond market.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni 360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, We're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Scott Sprower directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Scott is a senior managing director and portfolio manager with focus on the investment grade segment of the municipal market. We've been looking forward to have Scott back on the show to share his observations. Today's focus is going to be on midterm elections and the municipal landscape in general. So let's jump right in. Scott, great to have you back with us on Uni360 Podcast. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you. So first, Becci Missile Managers is an active relative value manager with deep credit research at the core, looking through a total return lens. With this in mind, the team always considers public policy and the political landscape to be a critical part of our research process. Midterm elections have just concluded, almost. Scott, let's first look at Congress and how Congress is taking shape. What are you seeing and why is it important for municipal investors? Sure, thanks again. With respect to the midterm
2: elections, we're always watching closely to see what the potential impact is on municipal credit. If there's potentially a shift in party control, that could result in additional tax exempt issuance, additional spending, and obviously potential fundamental underlying credit implications. So it's something that we're always watching closely. With this past midterm election was no different. And to your point, we really still don't have a definitive answer. We don't have the outcome, although we probably will hear over the weekend about Arizona and Nevada. We still won't know until December 6th about the Georgia runoff. So that has implications for the Senate. That's what we're watching closely. What we believe will happen and the way it will play out if the Democrats maintain control of the Senate While the House shifts to the Republicans, it will be a divided Congress. And most likely it results in limited new legislative programs. So that potentially, if it was one party controlled both, like we just saw previously, the previous two years, it could result in increased legislation, broader programs like Inflation Reduction Act, CHIPS Act, those types of programs. So it could have an implication at the state level, but also on the issuance level. So it's something that we watch very closely. With respect to leaders in each state, that's something that, as I mentioned, has implications for municipal credit. So we obviously view governors, for example, as CEOs of the state, and obviously how fiscally prudent they may be is very, very important to us when we view
1: municipal credits, just broadly speaking, and specifically at the state level. So a number of things in the balance still from that perspective. So let's turn our attention to the governor's races, as you just alluded to. Anything specific there that the team has our eye on?
2: Yeah, there was 36 governorships, I believe, up for re-election with 26 incumbents. And the way we view these is we're thinking about and looking for continuity. Obviously, strong stewardship at the governor level. If you think about Prisker in Illinois, he got re-elected. Newsom in California, he got re-elected. Obviously, DeSantis down in Florida as well. Those are some of the larger issuers in our marketplace, and that's something that we watch very, very closely, those states. But Illinois specifically, Pritzker's done a phenomenal job. He's been very physically sound and prudent. He paid down some of the pensions, obviously paid down some of the outstanding debt, shorter term debt borrowings. So there is uh, strong fundamentals in place and that momentum hopefully will continue. So it really comes down to continuity from our perspective. Budget passage usually, typically, I should say, is much easier with a governor that has already run and been in position prior. When it's a new party in control, it could slow that process down. So just broadly speaking, it is a credit positive when we do see those reelections take place.
1: Very helpful, Scott. So you spent a minute talking about Congress, also about governors. Next is really ballot measures. And really, some of these ballot measures do have some key considerations as it relates to municipal credit. What would you say are the most consequential state ballot initiatives that we have our eye on right now
2: well we were looking at one in california in terms of the surcharge on incomes above 2 million that did not pass but there still is obviously elevated tax rates in the state of california massachusetts passed the four percent surcharge on incomes over a million that's credit positive from a obviously revenue perspective at the state level but also from a demand perspective on Massachusetts tax-exempt debt. So that is a positive from a total, potentially a total return standpoint for Massachusetts paper in general.
1: So thanks, Scott. Looking past the midterms, are there any other public policy considerations for investors to consider at this point?
2: Yeah, you know what What we've been focused on as we've gone through the last several years and through a volatile backdrop is just demand for tax-exempt income, tax reform that passed back at the end of 2017 in terms of individual tax cuts. That will be sunsetting in 2025. So, we do think demand for exempt income will continue to stay strong and actually increase as we go through the year, next year and in the following year. So, that is a positive for the asset class, but underlying fundamentals are very, very strong. So, this has been an interesting backdrop. Again, we've had the elections, and that's something we've been focused on, but a very volatile year. And that's something that, again, while difficult, has positioned us, we believe, for a very, very interesting total return and an
1: income standpoint going forward. So that's a great segue. We talked a little bit about the political landscape. We would be remiss if we didn't touch on just the market in general, given the magnitude of the move we've seen this year. And if you look at municipal bonds in 2022, it's clearly been the most challenging we've seen in, in at least four decades. Volatility really continued into the third quarter, into November. What are you seeing right now that is driving the municipal market?
2: Yeah, all year, really, what's driven these returns, and I think everybody knows this, but mm-hmm. it has really been the Fed and the Fed attacking inflation and being very kind of resolute in their directive to maintain kind of steady inflation and bring it down from the peak that it's at right now. So it's a very hawkish Fed, and that has led to outflows in our industry. So that has really pressured the municipal market. All asset classes, fixed income asset classes have seen outflows, but munis are very, very technically driven. And that has put pressure on prices where we came into this year on a ratio basis, rich to treasuries. We kind of came through the first, I'd say, three quarters. By the end of September and into October, we were very, very cheap to Treasury. So there was a repricing and a readjustment in the muni asset class to really kind of reach those clearing levels where there's demand from banks, property casualty companies, as well as crossover buyers. And that has led to some stabilization in the asset class today. And now it's really predicated on the economic kind of numbers that we're seeing. And today was the first day where we saw cpi come out and it was lower than expected and that's put a bit into the market pretty significantly so i think as we go forward in time as the fed rate hikes kind of take hold you will see rates come down you will see obviously inflation come down uh, slowing of the economy and that's something that we're watching obviously very closely
1: so it's good to see some recent stabilization hopefully it lasts a bit of time while Mackay Municipal managers does not make interest rate bets or duration calls in the portfolios we manage. As you point out, all eyes have been on the Fed and what impact future decisions may have on the market. And this is a question we ask very frequently on the show here. How has the market digested this so far in terms of rate moves, and to what extent are future rate moves factored into the year-to-date sell-off?
2: The market always anticipates the rate hikes, and so that's why you saw a swift adjustment in the treasury curve from a steep lower rate world last year to a, a inverted yield curve in a much more elevated levels. And munis kind of followed suit. So we're obviously directional with treasuries. We're not one for one, but we did make a very similar move and obviously underperformed, as I mentioned, as ratios cheapened up above 100%, but the curve never inverted. But we've really priced in a tremendous amount of Fed rate hikes. And you're seeing some of that come off the table today. So the two year was at a 470, 472 roughly on the treasury yield. And that usually mirrors kind of where the Fed funds terminal rate will end up. And so the market had anticipated it had priced in a tremendous amount of Fed rate hikes. And now you're starting to see that come off the table. So from a rate move perspective, there's probably limited amount of continued, I'd say, march higher in yields at the moment. You never know. Obviously, it's really much more predicated on the economic releases that we see and making sure that inflation is continuing to come down and the underlying components are still coming down or, or trending lower. So we kind of believe that that will be the case as we go forward. As we turn the calendar to 2023, we'll see a continuation of that. And you are also starting to see that. have And I'm sure everybody's heard and watched. The real estate market has come off the kind of frothy market that it was last year. And that has knock-on implications to GDP as well and inflation. So those are all metrics that we're watching closely. But we do think that we are trending lower across the board from GDP and inflation standpoint, which should bode well for rates. So let's pivot
1: a little bit into credit. And also on some of our prior shows, we've talked about municipal credit fundamentals. How would you describe, Scott, the credit landscape currently? Municipal credit
2: has held up very, very well. We're off the bottom of the COVID trough. Coffers are full. Rainy day funds have been replenished. Pensions have been funded. Yes, we're coming against now a backdrop of equity returns being lower. So therefore, pensions may have some issues, but also endowments may come under pressure. But at the end of the day, muni fundamentals are very, very strong. The muni asset class is considered a late cycle asset class because of the stickiness of the revenue streams that are backing the bonds. If you think about sales taxes, if you think about property taxes. So the muni credit underlying kind of fundamentals are very, very strong as we speak. We do know and expect that there will be a slowdown from an economic standpoint, and that could impact it next year, uh, kind of the broad top line growth. But again, expenses have been managed very, very well coming into this. Post-COVID, most governors in most states did not necessarily go on spending sprees. They actually were very cautious with their increased revenue stream. So, I would say that we were kind of pleasantly surprised with the spending programs that were not pushed through and that the fiscal prudence was actually intact within the municipal asset class. So we're coming into this potential slowdown in in a very good position. And lastly, just from an upgrade downgrade standpoint over the last year, it's been roughly three to four upgrades for every one downgrade in our asset class. So the rating agencies are recognizing that as well.
1: So it seems like quite a combination we have right now, not only solid credit, but a very inexpensive market from a historical point of view. And I guess that leads to the next question, where amidst all this, it just seems we haven't seen municipals at these really compelling levels for a very long time. Can you talk more about that and help our investors and listeners put that into historic perspective? Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's easily been a decade since we've seen these types of levels. When we think about post-financial crisis and the lower rate zero bound world, but also quantitative easing, we were very, very low from a base perspective. If you look back last year, we're higher from an income stream perspective by about 200 basis points. So, you know, one and a half to two percent last year to well over four percent this year or three and a half to four percent to be a little bit more precise. I think conservatively, your income stream has increased, the structures in our market in terms of five and a quarter, five and a half and 6% type coupons, what we haven't seen in, in many, many years. Again, because of that low rate world that we're in, that also is much more prevalent in today's world. So. The structures, the absolute yields are very attractive. I think lastly, what investors really need to look at is tax equivalent yields. If you take anywhere from a four to a five and a half percent book yield, you're grossing those up in these high tax states. You're reaching high single digits or low double digit types of equivalent yields, which really in reality are equity like kind of numbers that we're talking about, which is not typical from a fixed income asset class. So there's an attractiveness i think just broadly across fixed income but more specifically within municipals because again as i mentioned the tax-exempt income stream is very very valuable and the need for tax exempt income
1: is from our opinion is not going down or getting any lower right and tax equivalent yields at those levels let's say they're high single digits and even in some case low double digits at a foundation where the credit foundation is just so so solid it just takes in a whole nother meaning there so looking at history We have seen, I think, in the past that the municipal market can turn in really in either direction pretty quickly. We can't predict the future, right? But what are some of the signals that we have our eye on in terms of a catalyst to help municipals move in a more positive direction again? There are a number of themes that we look at and and metrics
2: that we follow. And it's really from an economic backdrop perspective. The Fed has driven this market, right, because the aggressive rate hikes, but also the sticky inflation that we've seen, the supply chain issues that have kind of caused some of that stickiness. That's what we've been watching a little bit more closely. And I mentioned today was one of the lower prints that we saw in CPI in terms of the miss. And that's having catalysts in the market. And that really will drive munis. Well, again, we're not necessarily one for one with treasuries. We are directional. So we definitely want to see obviously what treasuries are doing. And treasuries are really driven by what the economic backdrop looks like. So those are two things that we're looking at closely. And really from a muni perspective, it's more the flows. We talk about munis being a technical market. So it's supply demand really drives it. We've seen 115 billion in outflows this year from mutual fund industry. Last year, we saw over 100 billion. So we've seen a tremendous move out, which is the largest move out in terms of outflows from the industry in history. So that's also added to this pressure. And as I mentioned, you had to find a clearing level. And so that's why we think this market is incredibly attractive, because you're starting to see, again, these absolute yields that are attractive to crossover buyers and non-traditional investors, but also that outflow cycle, while it hasn't completely come to a stop, it has slowed. So while the mutual fund industry is still seeing outflows, ETFs are seeing inflows, there's strong demand from retail investors and individual advisors. So- I'd say there's broad support for the marketplace at these levels, and that's what gets us excited as well.
1: Thank you, Scott. Municipal market is highly complex, to say the least, and the case for active management sounds like it's never been strong, in our opinion. This has really been a great conversation. I'm sure our listeners will find it really super helpful. Before we let you go, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? Absolutely, Chris.
2: We can't dismiss, obviously, the year that we've seen and had so far. It's been a very difficult year across all asset classes, but we do think we are setting up for a very interesting 2023, where once we see these outflows, as I mentioned, slow down and abate, we do believe that tax-exempt income and demand for municipals will remain very, very robust.
1: Thank you, Scott. And that wraps up this episode of Muni360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening.
0: Municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Bonds are subject to interest rate risk and can lose principal value when interest rates rise bonds are also subject to credit risk, which is the possibility that the bond issuer may fail to pay interest and principal in a timely manner. Investing in below-investment-grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher-rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers, to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Alpha measures of funds risk-adjusted performance and is expressed as an annualized percentage. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Treasury securities are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government as to payment of principal and interest if held to maturity. Interest income on these securities is exempt from state and local taxes. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities and cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency, such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from AAA to D. AAA through BBB represent investment grade, while BB through D represent non-investment grade. Average coupon is the rate of interest paid by bond issuers on the bond's face value. It is the periodic rate of interest paid by bond issuers to its purchasers. This material contains the opinions of the Makai Municipal Managers Team of Makai Shields, LLC, but not necessarily those of Makai Shields, LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update Forward-looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Makai Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Mackay Shields. Makai Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay. Makai Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Makai Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors, LLC. 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.